Well, hey everyone, welcome to The Drive. We've been cruising our way through the book of Philippians, or the letter to the Philippians from Paul as he was in prison. Uh, Philippians is such an amazing book. It is known as, has a reputation of being, the book of joy. The book of joy. And so there's a lot of, you know, awesome truths we looked at, some character conduct, and uh, Paul just has a good attitude, man, and I love it. But we are in actually Philippians chapter 4 this morning, just finishing up sort of the overview of Philippians, looking at a few specific uh, topics here, and um, man, I I love what Paul says in the beginning of of chapter 4 of Philippians. He says, stand fast in the Lord. It's like a military term. Stand fast. I love that. It's so like picturesque, you know. It's like stand fast, stand strong, keep, hold your ground, you know. And I love that as as those of us who walk in the faith, walk by faith, not by sight, we want to stand fast. We don't want to lose heart. We want to plant our banner in the ground and say, this is, we're standing here. We're staying. Nothing's going to move me away from the truth. And so that's such an awesome reality. And um, so stand fast in the Lord. I love that exhortation. And he goes on. And and one of the verses that just strikes me and sticks with me and opens my eyes and brings remembrance is verse 4 of uh, chapter 4, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice, I love what he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Is that awesome or what? Rejoice in the Lord always. Even when it's difficult? Yes. Even when I'm going through a trial? Yes. Even when I'm going through the fire? Yes. Even when people are against me? Yes. Even when my boss is putting me down? Yes. Rejoice in the Lord. I love that because it doesn't say rejoice in people. It doesn't say rejoice in your job. It doesn't say rejoice in anything else. Rejoice in the Lord. Because the beautiful thing is we can always rejoice in the Lord. Circumstances don't don't dictate our attitude as we look to the Lord. Because as we look to the Lord, we can't help but to rejoice, you know. So we can rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul talks about not being anxious. You know, uh, Philippians uh, 4.6, that verse has just, man, that's like my go-to verse when I'm a little timid or when I'm a little nervous or when there's any anxiety within me. I always go, like when I was going through college and I had a test, I would always go to Philippians 4.6 because um, there would be some nervousness like, Am I going to pass? Did I study enough? All this stuff. And I would always go to Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. But I love it because it doesn't stop there. And he says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what's going to happen when you do that? Well, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what should we be anxious about? Should we make a list? Maybe there's already a list in our mind. And when we're going through it, we're just automatically anxious because that's all we've ever known. But this verse, obviously written by Paul to the Philippians, is the inspired word of God. So truly, it's from the Lord, through people, to his kids. And so yes, this is for you, this is for me. Be anxious for nothing. 
for nothing and to fight against it. To, the, the way to not be anxious is by prayer and supplication, having a thankful heart even. And what's going to result is not anxiousness, but peace. You're going to have peace and rest in your heart. How amazing is that? How encouraging is that? Because guys, everyone, we're human, so everyone gets anxious at one time or another. But we have the answer of what to do when we actually do get anxious. We have the answer. Pray. Seek God. Have a thankful heart. And the result is going to be peace. What an amazing encouragement. An exhortation, really. A call to action. And then Paul goes further in like verse 8 to verse verse 8 and 9, talking about um, the things to meditate on, the things to think about. Because our mind is the enemy's playground, right? And we think about things and we realize, why am I thinking about this? And soon we realize that isn't even my thought. Those are discouraging. That, that, that's not, that is my thought, but that's not from the Lord. That is from the enemy. And so what do we think on? Well, again, there's a whole list in verse 8 and 9. There's things that are just, that are pure, that are a good report. Uh, meditate on those things. Meditate. Anything praiseworthy, Paul says. I love that. Anything praiseworthy. Meditate on those things. And so what do we do as we meditate upon these things? Well, those things we learned and received, and we saw, and like Paul saying, like you guys saw in me, do those things. And the God of peace will be with you. Man, comfort after comfort after comfort. Love it. Paul goes on and talks about sort of the generosity of the Philippians. And he's incredibly hopeful. Uh, again, in the context, it's the generosity from the church. But in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Other than John 3.16, I think that's one of the most popular, top 10 popular verses in the whole Bible. Because people use that verse often when they feel weak, when they're going through it, when they're going through the fire and through the storms. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is there anything you can't do through Christ? No. If He gives you strength and if He's called you to do it, then do it. And that's the thing. If it's God's calling, don't quit. If it's God's calling, don't quit. But make sure to rest. <laughs> that's, that's the thing I'm learning, like personally. If it's God, God's calling, don't quit. I'm not going to quit. But also, I need to make sure to rest. Just because I rest doesn't mean I'm quitting. It means I'm just resting, and we need that. Or what? We're gonna leave, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna burn out. I don't want to burn out. Um. So he talks about the Philippians' generosity, right? And then he sort of closes the letter. You know, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. Uh, the brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. And so, I mean, really, there's there's kindness, there's hospitality, there's joy. Um, and one of the last things that, that I want to talk about is verse 19, Philippians 4, 19, where Paul says, God shall supply all your need according to his riches and the glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, that is something as people that we often struggle with. How is God going to provide this? Whether maybe it's finances, sure. Uh, but maybe it's the ability to do something. Maybe it's extra time to finish something. 
the thing is, God will supply all your need. That's specific. That's personal. He's going to supply all your need according to His riches and glory. And He owns it all anyway. I mean, I think that we have to have an open-handed perspective. Paul's writing that, don't worry, guys, God's going to supply your need. And I believe he was talking to the Philippians, but also to himself because he was in prison. God's going to supply your need. He's going to get you through. He's going to give you all you need to get through and actually to get through with joy because this letter is the letter of joy, even though it's written in the circumstances that are not favorable, that are actually maybe terrible, but yet you would never think that because you hear God, uh, you hear Paul's words in God's word. And it's like, wow, Paul, how do you remain so positive? Well, read the letter. And he really tells you because he tells you what he's focusing on. He tells you why he's not anxious. He tells you who to focus on, what to do, to put others before yourself. I mean, he, he lays it all out. He talks about the hope that he has. I mean, he talks about the goals that we are to set as believers. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, God will supply all your needs according to his riches, not our riches. Again, having an open-handed perspective means we're not holding everything so tightly that we're like, this is mine, all mine, no one can touch it ever. I mean, that's what we're teaching our kids right now, to share. Pretty simple, right? Share. Okay, yeah, we, we know that as adults, but yet even as adults, I think sometimes we're like, this is mine. You know, we we have the mentality like it's all ours. But I think that we should have the mentality. And I, looking at this, the scripture, it's like, no, it's all his. It is not all ours. It is all his. And it always has been. So having an open-handed perspective means it's all from God. And it's all for God. So therefore, let's praise him. Let's look to him for all that we need, and He'll equip us. He'll provide for us. So if it's your calling, don't quit, but rest and pray so the anxiety will be gone. And continue to pray when it tries to creep its ugly head back into your mind and your heart. Man, Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, such a, such a good book. I love it, the book of joy. And I would encourage you guys even maybe this next week to go through it. It's only four chapters. It's not that long at all. But just dig into it. Because the more you dig in, the more you're going to find. That's how scripture is, right? And so hope I hope this encouraged you guys. I hope you have an amazing weekend. And God bless you. I'll talk to you next time.